Hello, is anyone there? It's me, Eve Sturgis, back again with the podcast, Everything's Relative. Yay! Hi! Uh, We talk about DNA surprises here, namely the kind of surprises people get when they find out that one or both of their parents isn't or aren't biologically related to them. More often than not, this kind of surprise is very shocking. Uh, It can shock people to their very core. Um, And I'm bringing it up because I was recently in a group of friends, and I have to say it had been like a while since I discussed it much with people who weren't familiar with the phenomenon. And I was reminded of how easy it is for people to say, well, your dad is still your dad, or biology doesn't mean anything when it comes to family. And so many of us have heard those things, you know, and almost everyone has a story of someone saying one version of that or another. And of course, the people are always trying to be supportive and helpful. And it's not helpful. Um, In fact, it often feels tone deaf or off base and can be interpreted as like dismissive or superficial. And If you related to this feeling because you've experienced this, I'm so sorry that happened. Um, And if you are someone who has said this kind of thing and are are hoping to better understand why those statements don't work, you have come to the right place. This podcast, everything's relative. (laughs) Um, And hey, thank you for putting in the effort to learn and do better. So while so much of that sentiment is true, family is whoever you make it, and it's who raised you that matters, and your dad is still your dad. When someone is in the shock of their discovery, the comfort of these kind of ideas evaporate. And um, I think it's replaced with a thousand questions about an entirely new reality of identity and understanding um, of who's who and what makes a person who they are. Um, I don't really know how else to explain it without offering a zillion examples, Um, but I'm not going to do that right now. Uh, Because that's what this whole podcast is. (laughs) It's about navigating the shock of this shifting identity. Um, So welcome. Whatever the reason is for coming to this podcast. Um, And while I'm on the topic of things not to say, I got an email from a listener who was unhappy with this podcast and with me. And I felt like she had an excellent point. So I'm going to talk about it here. Um. So there is an episode back in season three called Circle Cousins. And in that episode, the guest mentions some cousins being related on their family tree. But she follows it up with a kind of offhanded comment like, but it's not like they were hillbilly cousins getting married or anything like that. And I laughed a little bit. Um, So that's what happens in the podcast. But this listener who sent me a letter, um, she pointed out how many people in our community discover that they actually are from cousins or siblings or other incestuous matchups. And these people are likely suffering in silence. And because as open-minded as our NPE experience is, um, I, I think there's still stigma and prejudice about ideas like, quote unquote, kissing cousins or hillbillies and incest. Uh and I'm not going to get into all the way, all the ways that these concepts are good or bad, theoretically or biologically. But I, I think the point is like, let's not forget the myriad ways that people are suffering in the DNA discovery world. Um, 
we know by now that each story has some commonalities, but also each one is also really unique. And people are brought into this world in all sorts of ways that you and I haven't even imagined yet. So let's just remember to think about that before uh, you laugh, I laugh, we laugh, or make a joke about this kind of stuff. Um, people are in all sorts of different places on their healing journey, and we need to be sensitive and aware of our own blind spots. So thank you, dear reader, for pointing that out and giving me something to think about. I hope I don't have any blind spots with today's guest. Uh, Matt reached out to me, like so many of you do, when he was still fresh in his discovery and had just found out about podcasts and other support resources on the internet. So he was kind of running around experiencing the sort of exciting validation of finding out there are so many people like him and experiencing the power of telling his own story. I think his story really exemplifies how complicated these situations can be and what kind of feelings about all sorts of things can come up when you discover your DNA is not what you thought it was. We had a very nice time together, and I'm just going to play it for you, okay? All right, I'll be back in a bit. Okay, great. Bye. Not bye. Hang around. Um, so, so tell me. Tell me it. I'm here. I'm listening. Uh, yeah, I mean, this has all been pretty sudden as far as like finding community out there. I didn't know that there were a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, when I found this out, I sat in a coffee shop before meeting my real family, uh, like literally a couple of days. I'll get to that in a minute after mm -hmm. I found out and I couldn't find anything. Yeah. And this was just a few years ago and I found some old articles from like the nineties um, where, you know, late discovery adoptees were finding out about, you know, their life. And I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be new and I'm navigating on my own. So, uh, let's do it, you know? Um, yeah, but, I think yeah. Part, part of the pro part of the problem or, and you tell me if you think, if you agree or disagree, but for, for me, one of the problems is that because these concepts are not talked about or like acknowledged in general culture and, and the paradigm, we don't have the words for it. And so Googling, ha like I just found out I was adopted surprise. Like, I don't know, like I wouldn't know how to, yeah. you know, yeah, like what, LDA, you, how would you know that there's like, oh, they call themselves LDAs and like, oh, you know, like there's a whole like language that we don't, that is not like uh, familiar to our, like on our lexicon. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, there just wasn't, you know, I was, I was looking for, for anything grasping, like, Hey, how do I handle this? You mm -hmm. know, and it's like, mm -hmm. there was nothing out there. It was all for children's how to tell your, yeah, for children, yeah, how to tell your children, you're, you know, they're adopted. Yeah. You know, and, it's like, yeah, a little late for that. You know, I'm 45. <laughs> right, right, you know? right. Um, so, it, yeah, I mean, it just, it's it's been a journey, but I mean, it's it's cool because I, I met a woman who was like, oh, yeah, I deal with that sometimes. I'm, you know, kind of a therapist and you should check this out. So I checked this out and then that led me to another thing to the Celia Center and then I got a, you know, in a big Zoom group meeting with them and and uh, they recommended books and 
there were other people who were kind of in my situation. I'm like, okay, so there are people out there. And then of course the podcasts and I was like, okay, let's listen. And I was listening to some of yours and it was interesting because all of the ones and I was kind of picking them at random, but it was kind of like, oh, I found out my uncle's my dad, or I found out that, you know, the neighbor down the street's actually my dad. And there was kind of, and, but nobody was like, oh, by the way, you were, you know, stolen as a baby and, you know, nobody ever told you, you know, so. Right, right. if maybe she's be interested in learning about me. Oh, I mean, I want to learn about everybody. Um, so yeah. So, so when you tell the story, do you usually start with like what I, what often people want to talk about how their childhood was before they knew any of these things, they kind of tell me what it was like to grow up. And then they tell me about whatever the surprise is that's coming. Spoiler. Um, you were adopted, but, (laughs) um, but, um, how do you, how do you tell it? You tell me how you, you leave. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to know where to begin. It, it mostly, you know, I, I, I made a, I wrote a, uh, an essay on it and I, one of the things that I said was, you know, and maybe other children do it too, but I remember when I was a little kid and being mad at my parents and going, you know, I, I must be adopted because, you know, my real parents would never do this to me. And, and someday I'm going to find out and, you know, I'll, I'll be adopted, you know? And did you say that out loud to them? No, I never okay. said that to you just them. It was it. always in my room to the closed door after uh-huh. I you know, sent to my room to, you know, play with my toys instead of going outside and playing with the kids, you know? Right. Um, but you know, I got that feeling like I wish I was adopted or something like that, you know, because my parents wouldn't be so mean to me. And growing up, now that I look back, there were, I, I mean, I'll say I was never abused. I, I was raised, I, I never lacked for anything. I always had food to eat and, you know, clothes. And, um, you know, my father was strict. My My mom was a Karen before Karens were invented. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, um, I, I, I mean, she is still a Karen, mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> she was a little bit overbearing, but she always looked out for me. You know, no one did me wrong. Um, I had two sisters and a brother. Uh, my brother, he, uh, was in a, an accident as a child. They were all much older than me. My youngest sister was 16 years older than me, Oh, uh, which was relevant later on yeah. when I work things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they weren't around. My youngest sister was around a lot. I remember her taking me to the park with her boyfriend who would want, you know, they'd get married later on and have kids. But um my brother, he was in a car accident when he was young, uh, like a teenager. So he had a, a traumatic brain injury and never was right. But uh-huh. he was always cool to me. And, and you know, out of everybody in my family, he's the one person that I can stand to be around for uh-huh. you know, as far as that goes. Um, my other sister uh, is a horrible, horrible person. I haven't spoken with her in probably 30 years. She was very abusive to me every time that we would go and visit her. Uh, she had a family already and just treated me horribly. 
And I always, it, she made me think that I was a bad child because I, I was always doing something wrong and getting in trouble for it in her eyes. And my parents never really stopped her or mm-hmm. told her no. Um, and to this day, she still hates me, I, you know, for whatever. Well, now I know why. Weird, um, weird, so weird, weird. My life okay. growing up. Yeah. And my parents s- were much older. And you oh, said you moved around. You said you said you moved around a lot. Um, we did. So, yeah. and that was just because uh, they liked to. What was what was going on there? Uh, yeah, my my father was fifty four when I was born. My mother was thirty nine. Um, yeah, thirty nine. So, or thirty five. I can't recall now. Anyway, uh, in her thirties. Thir- in her thirties. Yeah. Um, so we, we moved around a lot. I remember moving, we never stayed much past two or three years, which, um, for people out there, especially, you know, children of military personnel, they know, you know, that you you can't form friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, and this was, you know, in the seventies when, you know, you didn't have cell phones and texting. If you didn't write, you know, you were out of luck because long distance, you know, right. Facebook. Fa- yeah. Facebook wasn't yeah, making, was, the, yeah, wasn't no, making the world really small. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't have many friends. I, the longest we stayed anywhere was I think four years. We moved from uh, two or three different places in Oregon to Florida, to Missouri, uh, finally where I went to high school. Wow. And so then, all across the country. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't like you guys were just like hanging out, hanging right, out, you know, in, in the neighborhoods, Midwest or something. It was like right, right. Oregon no, to Florida—that's huge. It, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, you rip a kid out of school. You know, we we lived in uh, temporary places, uh, and I don't know why. I, I have no idea why they like to move. My mother would just be like, "Oh, we're moving to Florida." They take a trip down there for a week and decide this is where we're going, you know? Hmm. Um, and I, you know, a little kid, you, you shut up and got in the car and that was it. You know, totally. what were their uh, job? What were their jobs? Uh, my, my father was already retired. My mother never worked. Oh, um, so great. Okay. Easy. Yeah, <laughs> that makes I, it easy. That makes moving around really easy. Then. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, I remember as a little kid, he used to, uh, I mean, this is back in the seventies, but he was, a house flipper. He would buy a house. Uh, he would go in, he would fix it up himself and then he would sell it. And, you know, that back then that wasn't a thing. It wasn't on TV. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, get rich quick. That was just what he did, you know, uh, cause he had the skills to do it. So we did different things. When we moved to Missouri, we had cattle and other farm animals and things like that. And I am not a farm guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no offense to kids who were, you know, raised around it, but getting up at five in the morning to go feed cattle, uh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, uh, and I don't do that. So, uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, not a great <laughs> experience. That's a, big, that's a pretty big transition to go from not being a, a real farmer to like real, real farm life is that's really exactly. huge. It's a huge shift. <laughs> And when we moved, we moved to small town, Missouri, uh, where everybody knew everybody and I'm the new kid and I'm, I'm short. I was skinny as a kid. 
Uh, I'm five and a half tall, and I think in high school I might have weighed 98 pounds. I was the 98-pound weakling. What? How tall? Um, how tall did you say you were? You cut out five, five foot six, five yes. and a half. Feet. Okay, you're five six. You, Which, you said five and a half. That's where it cut off. I was like five yeah. and a what? Yeah, five and so, a half, ninety eight pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that was a lot of issue because my father was he was like five, almost five ten, um, but he was a big guy. He was a boxer mm. when he was young back in the forties. You know, um, and my mother was little, she's tiny, but mm-hmm. you know, my brother, he's like six foot tall. Right. Um, so I'm this little kid and that was one of the things that, um, you know, I've pieced together and, and some of the, the actual trauma is the, the responses that I got, you know, to some of my questions about why I am like I am, Oh. Uh, I hate that for you, but yeah. And, and, Mm. and, you know, that's something that, uh, that's one of those things, you know, kids are cruel. You tease each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I was, you know, teased and bullied and Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, grew up and, and grew out of it, uh, you know, but it's still there. And sure. I despise being short. I despise it with a passion and people Mm. are like, Oh, well you get used to it. Now you really don't. Um, and life's tough when you're short. It sure. really is. Uh, sure. All people, uh, it, and enjoy your life. You know, mm-hmm. honestly, there's a lot of, of, uh, there's a lot of pre, uh, preconceived notions about short people and you know, that I've been through all of them. So, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, I'm mm-hmm. rambling here. No, but, but it's uh, you ramble away. This is all a part of it, right? Like this is, I wouldn't right. Being short wouldn't have been a thing if it, made sense <laughs> or whatever, you yeah. know, like if there's well, some, you know, something about it, um, it became a part of your identity and then, and, and which is complicated further identity complications. And, and that's something that I learned later. I don't know that I would have been better for it, but I learned that my real family, they're all short mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Most mm-hmm. of them are short. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so not to get ahead of myself, but anyway, um, I grew up, I, when I was a little kid, there were two things that I wanted to be. One was, uh, a pilot, um, before I found out that I have a horrible, horrible fear of heights and flying. So, uh, <laughs> that didn't really work out, but I also mm-hmm. wanted to be a cop. Um, mm-hmm. from the time that I was five years old, I used to watch chips Mm-hmm. on TV, original TV show. Yep, um, that's a pretty, we pretty were, great, pretty great, pretty great gig they got. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I would see the, the California highway patrol when we drive down to California to see my parents, friends, and, mm-hmm. you know, other family down there. Um, and I, you know, I, I remember getting in a, into an argument with my dad that I was going to be the richest cop ever because I would arrest more people than everybody else. And he was like, son, it doesn't work that way. And I was like, yes, it does. You don't know. <laughs> That's uh, funny. Yeah, I, have a, I, I have a six, I have a six year old son and I absolutely like can imagine that conversation. Um, and the way that like little kids yeah. see the world and like, that makes total sense that like the more, the more you do, the more money you make. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And Unfortunately, that's not even close to how it works. So, um, 
but yeah, nobody else in my family. Uh, my my dad was in World War II. Um, he was drafted. Um, and he was there for. I mean, it was late towards the end of the war, so it was like he was he was maybe uh, uh, in like a year, you know, mm-hmm. before the war ended, and mm-hmm. they you know tossed him right back out. Um, but uh, I wanted to be military. I wanted to be a cop. Those were were my things. Mm-hmm. I. Turned 16, uh, joined the, you know, I, I signed up for the military with my parents' permission. When I was mm-hmm. 17, I graduated high school and I was out the door and in the military. Mm-hmm. And uh, I spent uh, eight years in the military and then I became a police officer and spent 19 years doing that before I couldn't take it anymore and, and retired. Um, nobody in my adoptive family was even close to that. No, no college educations. Most of them didn't graduate high school. Um, so, you know, no determination to, to better your life or to go anyplace or to see anything. Hmm. Um, and I wanted to go everywhere. I wanted to see everything, you know, I wanted to learn and, and, you know, I got to do a lot of really cool things over my career. Yeah. What was your, what branch in the military were you in? I was in the air force. Okay. Okay. So you, which is interesting. I mean, it's interesting thinking about being a pilot as a little one and then going and yes, heights, yes, airplanes. I imagine you weren't a pilot, but (laughs) it's interesting that you still sort of stuck, stuck with the theme. Uh, 98 pounds and five and a half feet. People were telling me, yeah, it's probably best you go in the air force. You don't want to be in the army. Um, which is not true because I, you know, got better, got stronger, you know, right, right, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I left, I had a career, um, in 2013, um, I think it was, no, it was 2015, 2015. I took the DNA test from ancestry.com question before we get to that. We're going to, I mean, we're right there, but after the military, uh, you came back to the same town in Missouri or you, uh, put, no, you put yourself somewhere else. I didn't really have any place to go, but I knew I didn't want to go back to Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a friend of mine, uh, that I was in the air force with, he was from, uh, West Memphis, Arkansas, um, which if you know anything about that area, uh, <laughs> it's a horrible area, Yikes! but, uh, yeah, he convinced me to come up there, said, yeah, Memphis is a great place. Memphis is horrible. I didn't enjoy my time there, but I spent 15 years there. So um, went up there. Uh, I got uh, got on a police department there in uh, just north of, of West Memphis, Arkansas, and uh, spent 15 years there. Okay, so it was a place to be, a place to settle and get your career going and um yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those things where it was like, well, I've never been there, so let's go there and mm-hmm. you know try it out. And then I kind of you know got stuck. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I didn't get you know paid much, but I was young and I was getting to do what I'd always dreamed of as a kid. Totally. Uh, Fifteen years later, I decided, you know what, it's time to to have some me time and take care of myself, and I moved to. Uh, Western South Dakota, where I was living when kind of this journey began. Okay. Um, 
met an ex-girlfriend there and she convinced me to move with her to northern maine so i lived up there for a couple of years mm-hmm. uh, but uh yeah that was right around the time that that i got started um and i'll say this just to preface it preface it before we you know talk about the dna results but i was raised uh, my father was half jewish half kind of Swiss German. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother was or is uh, Italian, uh, Native American, and I think some Scottish. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is how I was raised. Uh, you know, I'm proud of all of that. Right. Took the DNA results and I am whiter than white. I have no Native American, uh, no Southern European. It's all um, Welsh, Irish, uh, German, and then fully half Jewish, which hmm. was kind of like, well, I don't know a lot about DNA, but I know that if my father was half Jewish, I'm not going to be half Jewish. Right. You know? So, uh, the first thing I did was was call my mom, and I'm like, uh, "Hey, I thought you said we were Italian." And she said, "Well, yeah, but no, because I'm not Italian, and if I'm not Italian, you're not Italian." Well, that's what I was always told, and still would not come off of it. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. Question: so, Why did yeah. you take the test? Um, I have always wanted to know. Uh, I love history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so I've okay. always wanted to know where my family was from. I wanted mm-hmm. to know um, how far back we went because my father's side uh, is from New Hampshire and the Boston area, New Hampshire. Uh, um, they have a house that was built in 1790 that is just, you know, I mean, ancient. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, even just saying, like, I'm a history guy. Like, I understand. Yeah, you love history. That makes... Yeah, so, I mean, I wanted to find mm-hmm. out. and yeah. So, for whatever reason, and I don't know if it was just denial or what it was, I was just like, okay, well, uh, she's not what she says she, or she thought she was. Can't ask my dad because, of course, you know, he's, you know, gone now. Uh, so, I started tracing family history on his side. Uh, I was going to do his side first and then swing back around to her side. And I managed to find out um, a little bit of disturbing stuff. He had a whole family before us. Uh, He had a wife and kids. Your dad did? Yeah. Yeah. I had a wife and kids in like the, the uh, thirties and and, uh, forties. Whoa. I actually reached out to one of his, uh, what would have been his grandkids, the mm-hmm. son of one of his kids, uh, who was older than me. He was, he was, you know, in his sixties, uh, never got a response from him, but I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. And I was like, I'm not going to tell my mom about this. Cause this is, you know, whatever, maybe she didn't know, maybe she did. Um, but I managed to trace you know, that side of the family back to like the, the 1670s, 1700s, uh, ancestors that were in New Hampshire during that time. And I was like, wow. And they were, you know, farmers and, you know, not 
not anybody rich, you know, they were all poor, but, uh, you know, still, you know, to be back, go that back, or go back that far. And, you know, the U S is pretty impressive. Totally. You are American. Or he right. Right. So <laughs> I have a whole family line, you know, listed out. I'm, I'm getting all these names and these documents and things like that. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And then I put that away for a little while. I was concentrating on work. I was kind of getting burned out. So I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm ready to leave law enforcement. And at that time, my, my ex, um, who was a surgeon, she was like, well, you know, I'm, you know, she was working remotely. Uh, well, not from home from mm-hmm. what, South Dakota. She was in Maine. Right. I was going to say that's like pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic yeah, remotely, yeah. like what we mean before, before everybody started working from home. Right. So, so she, she would travel up she, there. She, yeah. And she was like, look, there's a college up here. You know, you could go up here. You've always wanted to, you know, go to college and, and finish your degree. And um, you could come up here, you know, and then get a job doing something else, you know? So I was like, okay, let's, you know, do this. So I left law enforcement, uh, went up there, went to college and I started swinging back around as I was doing, you know, uh, some of the coursework I was swinging back around to, you know, I, I really want to find out some things. Um, and what really did it is I found out I was diabetic. Oh. Uh, now, you know, I'm still, you know, I'm not huge. I'm a small guy. I was 98 pounds, but I haven't gotten much, much bigger than that. I'm about 145 pounds, which Mm -hmm. is normal weight. Mm -hmm. So I was in decent shape, uh, drank a lot of soda, ate a lot of sweets, things like that. But, uh, you know, nothing that, you know, would cause me to just overtly be diabetic. It wasn't obvious. It wasn't like, of course you're a diabetic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, well, this is all genetic. Mm. Um, And I'd been told things like that before, uh, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, all genetic, Hmm. because I I always stayed in shape and nothing like that on my side of the family. My father died of cancer. So I did have a history of cancer. Okay. Mm. So every time that I'd go to the doctor, every time that I'd do something else, every time I'd have a health screening for a job, do you have a history of cancer? Yes. And now that's always going to be in the back of my mind. That's a worry. Hey, you know, I could get cancer and die. This sucks. Um, as it turns out, no, no, no <laughs> history of cancer in my, you know, but there uh-huh. is a history of other things that I have, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, pretty pissed about that, honestly. Um, I can tell, you know, and I don't smoke or do anything, you know, uh, dangerous like that, but still, you know, it's a real anxiety. It, it is. Cancer's you know? yeah. Cancer is a, a very big word. Oh so, yeah. So I, I call my mom again, like, Oh, Hey, by the way, just, uh, found out I've got diabetes. Uh, anybody in our family have diabetes? No, no, I don't think so. Uh, nobody on my side. I don't think your dad had anybody on his side. And I'm like, at this point, you know, future me is going just, why can't you just say it? You know? Um, so, you know, I'm just like, man, something's not right here. This is genetic. You know, this Mm -hmm. is nothing that, that, you know, I've just done. This is, this is something that's, you know, in my DNA. So I'm talking to my doctor girlfriend 
And she's like, you know, something's going on here. And I sat down and I started thinking, you know, my 16 year old sister used to take care of me a lot when I was a little baby. Mm-hmm. 70s were the time when, you know, a teenager would get pregnant and grandparents maybe raised the kids. And I started in the back of my mind, I started working on this theory that maybe my mom is my grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe my, you know, my sister, you know, and, and it's all from my father's side, you know, mm-hmm. she got pregnant by. Um, so I'm like, you know, I, I got to go and I talk to her, you know, she lives in Springfield, Missouri. So I got on a plane, flew down there. Uh, we went out for a drive because I wanted her undivided mm-hmm. attention. Mm-hmm. And as I'm driving, I'm like, look, something's going on here. I, I need to know what's what's up, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I'm your grandmother. Nope. Or I'm your mom. She, you thought she was going to say I'm your mom. No, nope. I, well, I yeah, I mean, I, I thought that, but, you know, kind of I still had it in my mind. I was convinced she's my grandmother. I, I have to it, it, this your sister or your mom, my mom. Okay. I thought you flew out to see your sister. You flew oh, out no, no, to no, see no, your no. mom. Got it. Okay. No, okay. Please. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So you're in the car with your mom, yeah, not your sister. Sorry. Mom. That was my mistake. And you're like, tell me what's going on. Yeah. Tell me what's going on. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'm your grandma, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, I'm not your mother. Mm. So uh, there, there was only a little bit of a swerve there because we weren't going very fast. Um, and God, I said, that's okay. an amazing, that's an amazing statement. Yeah. It's an amazing yeah. way to present the situation. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, okay. And I just, you know, let her finish. And she says, but your dad was your dad. Okay. And then she tells me, now, remember, my dad was 54 when I was born. Mm -hmm. She says, your father cheated on me with an 18-year-old girl and got her pregnant. And my first thought was, he's 54, she's 18. So she then tells me the story. He got her pregnant. Her family was from California They, because we all lived in California. They lived in California, uh, in Los Angeles. And... She said that uh, they were very prominent. Her parents were like politicians and they absolutely did not approve. And she had to give the baby up for adoption. And so we took, you know, we took you in, blah, blah, blah. They absolutely don't want you to ever contact them or find them. And I'm like, well, that's kind of a weird statement, you know, and, and I know what's what's coming is, you know, don't go looking for the truth, you know? Um, And I think part of it was, I think she thought that I would uh, suddenly leave her, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not my mom. See ya. I mean, that's such a, that's such a common anxiety. I think that parents experience that, that is what motivates that. Like, don't go looking. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Happens all the time. Yeah. My first thought was, I was a police officer for 19 years. You're damn right. I'm going to go looking. But, you know, again, was he? So I drop her off at, at her house. I go back to my hotel room and I just had a freak out. 
I mean, just worst anxiety attack I've ever had, I think. Um, I was like, my first thought was, who, who even am I? Mm-hmm. Was I born on the day that I was born? Uh, is my name Matt? You know, is my name Matthew? Uh, no, it's not Jackson. Is it Matthew? You know, uh, do I have, you know, other family? You know, what what is going on here? Um, so I, I was like, you know what? I, I, I called my now ex, my girlfriend mm-hmm. at the time. And she's like, you know, if we have to get a private investigator to, to, you know, hunt things down, we'll do it. Just, I was supposed to get on an airplane the next day and go mm-hmm. home. She was like, just relax today, try to get some rest, come home tomorrow. We'll start, you know, trying to figure it out. So I'm like, okay, cool. So that day, um, you know, I stayed the rest of the day. This was early afternoon. I stayed the rest of the day in my hotel room. And it, I remembered that probably three weeks before I got a message, you know, you always get on ancestry. Hey, you have a new relative or you have, you know, I got an email that said, you have a new message from so-and-so on ancestry. And I thought, okay, whatever. You know, I, I looked at it and she was like, my name is uh, Kathy. Um, we're supposed to be first cousins. I, all my family is from Wisconsin, uh, or originates in Wisconsin. Now we're in Omaha and I'm like, I don't know anybody from this, from these people. And I'm thinking, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 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 And this was before, you know, I right. went down and found out, you know, so I, I just put it out of my mind. Didn't even think about it. Well, now all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, maybe she knows who my mother is. So I, write her this email and I'm thinking, I'm just going to tell her the story that I got, you know, prominent politicians in California don't want me to find them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, um, you know, Hey, do you have any idea what, what I could be talking about here? And what an amazing, what an amazing email that must have been to get from, for her because she, she's like, yeah, like, Hey, let's connect. We're from Wisconsin. And you're like, cool. Here's this like major drama I'm going to send to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Here's this weird story. Yeah. um, Yeah. Trying not to judge, you know? Right. Right. Um, instead what I got the next morning, I woke up, uh, she's an early riser as it turns out. (laughs) Uh, I tossed and turned and Mm -hmm. probably about six o'clock, six 30 in the morning, I look at my phone and I've got an email. Hey, you've got another message. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. Um, and she says, my name is Kathy. Uh, hang on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Take your time. Oh, sorry. Damn. I, I thought I'd told the story enough that I was mm-hmm. cool. Um, no, I mean, I think it, like I, uh, it's, it, this, ha- I mean, you know that this happens, but uh, this stuff cuts really, really deep. It really, and, and emotions can come up when you just least expect it. Um, no matter how rote the story is. It, yeah. Um, so she writes me back and she says, um, my name is Kathy. I'm positive that I am your birth aunt. My shit. My sister had a child. Uh, around the time you were born in California, uh, my email is this, 
my phone number is this, please call me. I'll answer any questions that you want to know. Wow. And I'm like, okay, so 24 hours ago, mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on. And now I have a link to, you know, my birth, one of my birth parents. Like direct. That is cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, hey, no investigation needed. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, <laughs> You're like, I'll I'm put my like, fingerprint kit away. Right. Right. I, I couldn't believe, you know, how, how fortunate I was just like, wow, I only get to be anxious for 24 hours. Awesome. Um, so I write her back and I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. You know, let's do this. I'm like, is it okay if I call? Cause typing right now is, is insane. She was like, yeah. So I called her and, uh, she said, um, your mom was an 18 year old hippie. You know, she moved away from Omaha, uh, to, you know, see the world, moved to California, uh, got pregnant. She said that they'd been looking for me for about, uh, 30 years. Oh my God, Matt. That. Her mom had actually posted, or my mom, mm -hmm. her mom mm -hmm. my real mother had actually posted on some uh, on some old message boards. You know, at the start of the internet, uh, some old message boards about adoptions. Hey, my name is Liz. I had a boy, little boy named Matthew. If you're looking for me, she had no idea. I didn't know that I was adopted. Mm -hmm. She assumed I just didn't want to talk to her. Mm. So this was 35 years. Um, she convinced me because I wasn't gonna ask. Kathy uh, convinced me that convinced you. Kathy. Mm -hmm. Kathy convinced me that Liz, my mother, uh, did want to talk to me, and I got to talk to her. So we chatted. Same um, day. Same day. Same day. Jesus same day. Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow. Right? Yeah. It turns out. So here's here's. Kathy lives in, in California. She was just happened to be home visiting uh, her mom, my grandmother, mm -hmm. and her two sisters, my two aunts, or my mom and my aunt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and she just decided, you know what? I'm going to stay an extra week. And this was like four days before I contacted her. I'm just going to stay an extra week. I feel like staying an extra week before I go home. And she, so she got the message. She was right there staying with her sister. Oh um, my God. I can't, yeah. can't handle this. So, wow. I mean, I'm just like, okay, so I'm going to talk to this person that is my real mother. So I talked to her. She tells me a little bit about what's going on. She's like, yeah, I think it was probably about 10 years ago. The last time that I spoke with your father. Oh my and God. Oh my God. Yeah. You're still not even home. Are you in the hotel? You're in the hotel room. I'm in a hotel. Yes. Yeah. So like, you're not even with your girlfriend. <laughs> you're right. just like solo right. experiencing as the world continues to just implode and spin in all sorts of different directions. I, I am literally pacing back and forth in about a six foot area in front of the, between the TV and the bed in my hotel room. Every now and again, walking over and looking out the window and then walking back and forth some more. Just um, to double check the Missouri parking lot. Looks the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. yeah. um, so I, I'm like, okay, so now I have a living father 
um, and a mother. And so I start getting a little bit of the story. Yep. She was 18. She met another hippie and she gets pregnant. Well, she is ashamed to go home. She doesn't know what to do. She can't support me. Uh, now, I'll say right now, I am not bitter in the least about being given up for adoption. Mm-hmm. Not bitter in the least about being adopted. You know, I, I, you know, didn't come from an abusive home, with the exception of my sister who was an asshole. Um, so I'm not not upset about any of that. Uh, just about being lied to for so long and, and sure. being kept from me. Um, and, and there's more to that here, uh, coming up, but Mm -hmm. you know, she, she didn't know what to do. Well, her, my father belonged to this shady church. Um, and where were they? Los Angeles or San Francisco? Los Los Angeles, Long Beach, actually. Okay. I was just trying to imagine like which hippie kind of crew they were they were sort of circling okay um but he talked her into giving me up for adoption and the story she got was it was this older couple they had had four girls and had never had a boy which was total bullshit Mm -hmm. um well to do they were going to put me in the best schools i'd have a good education which you know was important to her um and talked her into giving me up to these people. Mm-hmm. So at two days old, uh, the day after I was born, my birth parents or my my birth mother was still in the hospital, said goodbye, and I was whisked away from the hospital and taken directly to Oregon, where some shady doctor up there who was involved with this church, um, you know, wrote out a an affidavit of live birth. And, you know, I was never going to be told. So, wow. Now, the reason I, I know that this was all illegal, uh, I, I have two birth certificates, one from the state of Oregon and one from the state of California. And in an adoption, they would normally be, I assume, sealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, $54 mm-hmm. for an overnight shipping from the, from the County of Los Angeles. <laughs> no problem. A, a birth certificate for Matthew Merrill, uh, mm. you know, no middle name. Uh, so she, my mother did name me Matthew, but, uh, so, but she didn't give me a middle, middle name. And in her thinking, she said, I was 18. Don't expect much, but I thought if someday I met some guy named Matthew and he didn't have a middle initial, I would know it was you. And I was oh like, my God. <laughs> that's, uh, that's so awesome. That is so uh, sweet. And so like totally an 18 year old's logic of like, I've got this figured right, out, like the best right, exactly. clue ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was given a middle name uh, after, you know, I was taken up mm-hmm. there, but uh, so yeah. Um, So I, I got, you know, I didn't get all of this so far, uh, but I was, you know, I talked to them and they said, well, when do you have to go home? And I was like, well, I'm getting ready to fly out. I, I was actually flying out Monday morning. I, I take that back. I was flying out first thing Monday morning and they said, don't go. Uh, we'll, we'll come down and pick you up. So my aunt and my mother drove 
on Monday, I returned my rental car. They drove down um, from Omaha to Springfield, Missouri, and picked me up. I met them for the first time on a road trip going back to Omaha. Wow. Um, met my grandmother, um, who is pretty awesome. I uh, met my other aunt, who is nice as could be. Uh, her name is Karen, but she's not <laughs> anything like a Karen. Uh -huh, so, uh -huh. Poor know, thing, I, yeah. Yeah, poor, yeah, I feel bad for her, but she is the, the least Karen person mm -hmm. <laughs> out there. So um, I met three cousins, uh, one of whom is adopted. Uh, and he's always known, mm -hmm. um, and learned a whole bunch about, you know, my family, my great uncle graduated West Point, became a pilot in Vietnam, uh, retired and then became a test pilot, uh, which was awesome. My grandfather, he was career army. He left as a Colonel. Um, I have a picture of him and I look exactly like him. Mm -hmm. And I was told, you know, all my life growing up that I resembled my father, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't really, um, but you get to thinking that, you sure. know, oh yeah, I, I do kind of look like my dad in this picture from an angle, you know, mm -hmm. um, no, as it turns out, I look, I mean, spitting image of my grandfather. Uh, it, it was scary to look at the, the picture, you know, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. Um, you know, learned a lot about my, my mother. She, you know, has been to different places in the world. She, um, was an actress for a little while in New York. Uh, you know, my, my other aunt, uh, has lived in New Zealand. Her husband's from New Zealand. Now they live in California. Uh, my aunt Karen, she, you know, is a teacher uh, has a husband, has kids. I don't have any siblings. Uh, I mean, I came back up and it, and it was amazing the night that I contacted. So that would, would have been that Sunday. Um, that, that night they actually had a party before I got there, uh, celebrating that, that uh, they found you. Yeah. That they found me that it had been like, you know, 30 some years and uh, you know, that they'd been looking and, and it was my aunt Kathy, the, the one that I initially was contacted by that my mother had given up, um, huh. but she talked her into like, Hey, let me put my DNA on ancestry and see if we get lucky. Yeah. Um, and it was only because, you know, Liz, my mom agreed. She said, okay, you know, just go ahead, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, that this happened. So. Wow. I mean, yeah. That's the first time I think I've thought, I, I hate to, to admit it because it makes, uh, I hope it doesn't make it sound shallow, but it's the first time I've thought really about what it's like on the other side for the people searching and that you're, you showing up would for them is like the end of this saga yeah, uh, it's totally that's been happening. It's totally different. You're not even in the narrative, but it's been happening your whole life. Of course, they celebrated. Um, yeah, yeah, and and but what I a mean, trip to to be the focus of a celebration you didn't know was ha you know didn't. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was just like, I, I, they had a party. Mm -hmm. Woohoo! This is <laughs> this is what happened, and I'm like, 
okay, you know. Uh, but I spent a couple of days up there. Uh, they took me around. I, I met people. I, you know, they were all so happy to, to you know, to see me. Um, and then I flew back to, to Maine mm -hmm. and kept in touch with them every day. Um, go ahead. No, I mean, I figured you're going to get to, you're going to get to your, uh, your mom. Um, <laughs> so, so, I mean, eventually well, you, you I, tell me. I never told her my, my mom, um, she finally figured it out because being a Karen, she has the absolute worst timing on the planet. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was another year, I guess. Um, we actually went, uh, came to Omaha for, for Thanksgiving that year, uh, where I met, you know, even more people, uh, they made, they knew I was a big star. I'm a huge star Wars fan. Uh, they knew mm -hmm. I was a star Wars. Fan, so they got, uh, this picture of a stormtrooper helmet on the front of a shirt and said, may the, uh, or Merrill force be with you because their last name is Merrill. Yeah. Uh, and then what was awesome was, and I felt a little bit bad, but um, they put our birth order on the back. So I was number one. You're number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it knocked everybody else down a number. Yeah. I have pictures of all of us, all the cousins standing in line, you know, with our birth order and then, you know, turned yeah. around. So they, uh, so, so for a whole year, you are becoming sort of like enveloped and a part of and loved by and welcomed by this family while well, your yeah. adoptive family doesn't even know this is happening right yeah right um so i and, and i'll i'll go back my brother called me one time because i had gone down to visit my mom uh, and my my brother had and i had spoken and he said something that was kind of weird, but we hadn't seen each other in a long time. So I just kind of dismissed it. But he said, you know, my dad um, um, saying our dad, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, or dad. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. But I dismissed it because he's not, you know, used to talking mm -hmm. to me. I'm, you know, I was never, we were not a close knit family. And you didn't grow up with him as, as no, the same no. age. So yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and just in general, we weren't very close. My, my dad was always kind of standoffish. Now I understand that, you know, he really didn't want another kid when mm -hmm. I think my mother, you know, actually talked him into it. Um, but he called me and he said, you know, I never meant to, to, um, make you think that, you know, your dad isn't, you know, your dad. And I was like, I didn't think that, you know, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, I just, I, I thought maybe you misunderstood something I said. And I was like, no, no, not at all. And around that time, I think my oldest sister, the one that, you know, is such an mm -hmm. ass to me, uh, she, I think she figured out that the story that everybody was given about my dad being my dad, she figured out it wasn't true. And she started making trouble. She'd already turned my first sister against me back when I was 18. I realized now that's why she wouldn't talk to me. And I was really close to her as a kid. And then, you know, I go away in the Air Force. And this is a time of calling cards and pay phones. Mm -hmm. So I sent her calling cards. You know, I used my my pay to send her calling cards to and letters to please call me. And she wouldn't do it. And my mother would never tell me why. 
And uh, this is because the, your oldest sister believed you were the product of an affair. I don't know if she thought I was the product of an affair or if she just, if I took away attention from her kids mm -hmm. or what was going on, she just always hated me. I mean, hated me. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I still have not gotten an answer to that, even though, mm -hmm. you know, I've got a few answers to some other things. Um, so, you know, fast forward now I'm, I'm, you know, in this, I'm, I, I broke up with my girlfriend, had to go someplace. And I'm like, you know what, reached out to my family and I'm like, if I move to Omaha, would that be okay? Is it creepy? Is it stalkerish? You know, hmm. and they're like, absolutely not. You know, move here, change your last name, do whatever you want to do. You know, oh, um, I love them. So I moved here, um, you know, got a job, uh, then got a better job, great job, what I do now. And so I, we're, you know, we're all kind of connecting and learning. Um, it's, it's kind of, difficult because I'm very introverted and mm. you wouldn't think it probably listening to me talk here, but, uh, in general, I'm introverted. Mm -hmm. My mm -hmm. other Liz, my birth mother is very, very introverted. Um, so we don't, you know, we're not as, you know, just instant close as, you know, some people would right. think would be, but you know, uh, uh, we talk and we chat and we text and we joke and they take me out for my birthday and we see each other at holidays. And of course, now being the pandemic, you know, it's a little bit right. difficult. When did you move there? Um, I moved here in 2018. So I've been here three years. Right. Okay. I, for, I, for in a, in all, in the, in the blur of it all, I sort of forgot that this was all still fairly recent. Like this is all still very yeah. recent history that this was all going down. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, it just within the last, you know, four or five years that I've known all of this about myself. Wow. Um, so I kept it from my mother because she's old. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she's 88. Uh, she doesn't have the best health. So I'm like, you know, just let her think that, that I, you know, did as she wished and didn't pursued it and you know whatever i just moved to omaha because i don't know i'm a fan of the huskers or whatever <laughs> sure <laughs> um i'm not by the way i don't even know anything about football so for the record for uh, the record this star wars fan is not a football fan he does not know right. anything about the huskers okay. uh, yeah my family actually bought me a huskers t-shirt they said it was required when you mm -hmm. moved here so mm -hmm. when I moved here they bought me a huskers t-shirt sure um it has since been donated to Goodwill. So there's some little kid out there because there's not a lot of grown men my size that has a cool Husker shirt. So, right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, um, and but meanwhile, your oldest sister is doing her own work, research, it, kind of. Well, she is. I think she told my mom that she knew um, who, of course, you know, uh, my brother lives with her. They, they live together um with her husband who is really cool um but uh 
Yeah, I, I think she said, you know, I know and blah, 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 and it caused a lot of trouble. My mother will not go into all the details with me mm-hmm. uh, about what she has said. And hmm. I apologize if you keep hearing the owls. My cat is mm-hmm. upset that I'm talking and it's no, him. no, no, he can, uh, be, he can be on the podcast. What's his name? <laughs> Aiden. Aiden. Hi. Okay. There's a really cute cat. Beautiful. Orange. Uh. Okay, so all right, so your sister's starting shit. Yeah, in her, in so, her own way, on her own time at the right, other, camp, at the other right. camp, right? So, my mother calls me. Uh, this was in April, this last April, and I had just had to put Aiden's sister down. Oh, um, and they're they're only. 11 years old they were Mm -hmm. their literal brother and sister um so he was not taking it well um i wasn't taking it well um and this was like two days after that happened so i'm still pretty raw with that and Mm -hmm. and she calls me as as i'm pulling in I'd, i'd gone out to get something to eat and i'm pulling in my 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 parking space and she calls and she's like, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Well, everything that I said about, you know, your father isn't true. And I said, no shit. And just, I just let loose. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I, I feel kind of bad. I was like, you know, you have the absolute worst timing possible. I just had to put a cat down that, has been with me for 10 years and I'm really upset right now. And you're going to tell me that, Oh, by the way, I've been lying to you not only for 45 years, but then only gave you half a story. Mm. I said, I was a cop for 20 years, 19 years. I am well aware of where my family is. As a matter of fact, why do you think I moved to Omaha? I'm right here with them. I've met them. And she was like, Oh, I had no idea. I was like, yeah, no kidding. Because you didn't want to know because you didn't want me to go out and see them and um so i i mean i just you know was telling her all of this and i was like why now well your sister called and she was you know saying all of this stuff and and you know she's just being her and as far as i'm concerned you're my child and and she can be whatever she wants to be you know i don't want anything to do with her anymore and i'm like Mm. okay mom whatever you know Mm. i'm just i'm tired of all of this I'm, you know, I'm really upset right now, period. And I don't need this, but just suffice it to say, I'm well aware of, of what happened and, and my family. Um, it did allow me, I called her, you know, a couple of weeks later when I was feeling a little bit better to get a little more of the story and go, well, you know, how did you find me? You know, how are you told? And, and, you know, just parse out a little bit more information about, you know, how they met up and it mm-hmm. was all through this shady church again. Um, and I remember as a child going back down there and meeting these people who were church friends and the whole time they knew, they knew that, you know, I was this kid that was adopted from this, you know, uh, probably in their mind, some whore, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, I'm like, man, you know, just, you know, why, why didn't I know? And, and, you know, that's, 
you know, all these people that I met, all these people that my parents knew that they took me around and it was like this, they knew this secret that I was never, you know, privy to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, you know, back then they were told, you don't tell the kids you're, you know, that they're adopted, it's bad and things like that. But uh, one of the things that I did learn while I was sitting in a coffee shop, uh, waiting for, you know, looking up the the articles, that was the, the morning mm-hmm. that I was waiting for my, my real mother and my aunt to come and pick me up. Um, I found an article from a guy and he found out in the nineties, it was an old, old, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, like, like almost microfish copy of this mm-hmm. newspaper article I was on, on my phone. And, uh, he said something that has stuck with me. He said, I have never known anything good to come of ignorance. Oh, and, yeah. or come out of ignorance. Yeah. Um, and that has stayed with me. That was like one of the first things that, that I ever read about, you know, being, you know, discovered as a late term adoptee and, mm-hmm. um, or, or late discovery adoptee. Um, but that, you know, nothing good has ever come out of ignorance. And, and I've thought that I've never put it into words, but mm-hmm. I've thought that all my life. I, yeah. I want to know the truth, you know, no matter if it's bad, good, whatever, tell me the truth. Mm. Um, so, you know, the, the more I learned about my family up here, it, uh, I, I got this story you know, about my grandfather, my grandfather died in 2006. So there's somebody that I could have had a relationship with that I missed out because I was lied to. I have to say, you're not that much older than me. You were born in 1974, five, two. 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 Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, the whole point, the whole point of this <laughs> Is that it's not that you were born so long ago that the idea of not telling children was so cemented. Like, I, you know, like I was born in 1980 and my peers knew they were adopted. This not tell your kids thing. It stops being an excuse after. I don't know. I don't know. A certain point in it's it's uh, I know that that was a, a theory, but it's it it started to change and. It, it did, and now that I know that there was discussion and strife and drama in my adoptive family over me being adopted, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why did my mother just not tell me, oh, you know, I have something to tell you. This is why your sis- your one sister hates you, and now your other sister won't talk to you. Instead of me as a 17, 18 year old kid, I, I, no, I was 17 at the time. I was in the Air Force at 17, um, which made me feel like an adult, but now I know that I was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you got this kid that feels abandoned. Just, yes, yeah, straddling, like really straddling yeah. the adult right. world and the, and the chill, your sort of child heart in an adult world. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't even vote yet, but I'm in uniform, you know, mm-hmm. serving. Um, not doing anything dangerous at the time I was still in training. So, uh, luckily, uh, but I, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there feeling abandoned by my sister 
while at the same time I'm trying to learn how to be an adult, I'm trying to learn how to be in the military, I'm trying to learn, you know, uh, and, you know, talk about added stress, you know, that's when you need your family, that's when you mm -hmm. need you know, some st stability. And uh, so over the years, yeah, she has come back and she's, you know, done her best to, you know, uh, cut me out of everybody's life. So, you know, well done. I mean, shit, it, she accomplished what she wanted. But at some point, why don't you just sit the child down and go, look, I have to talk to you. This is why this is going on. Right. You know, did you ever get an explanation from your mom about why she came up with the infidelity story? No. You know, the only thing that I can think of was, you know, it's always somebody else's fault. Somebody. So, well, and it also makes her the saint who, yeah, who takes yeah. you in. Oh, yeah, she, yeah. you know, she stayed with this man for 35 years yeah. that, you know, cheated on her all the time. And I, man, I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, and it could be true, but it wasn't in my case. You right. Know? Right. Right. It's not the Matthew story. Yeah, so. um, but I, I, I'll say, you know, going back to missing out on these relationships, you know, I, I, I never met my great uncle. He, he passed away uh, just a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, and I never had a chance to speak with him. I didn't get to meet my grandfather who, you know, one that I looked just like, but a story that, that I was told um, my cousin, the next one in line, uh, Daniel, he's about my height. <laughs> uh, and at some point as a child, he was getting teased about, you know, being short and, you know, it was, it was really, you know, hurting his feelings and things like that. And my grandfather got on the internet and printed out a list of all the famous people who were short and then sat him down and gave him the list and talked about, you know, all of the great things that, you know, these short people have done. What I got was, well, your brother didn't hit a growth spurt until he was 12. Well, your brother didn't get a growth spurt until he was 13. Your brother didn't get a growth spurt until he was 16. And then it was 18. And by 18, well, I'm already out the door. So, well, I don't know what happened. And so I keep expecting as a child, I'm keep expecting someday I'm going to be taller, you know, and then I won't get teased as much. Hmm. Um, baldness runs in that family. Mm -hmm. um, my father was bald. My brother lost his hair. My mother thins. I have a great head of hair. Yeah. Um, said for years, it's the prettiest thing about me. <laughs> um, I mean, I can still feather it. I mean, like straight out of the eighties feathering. Amazing. Um, and I kept hearing my mother, I, I would mention it like, man, I, you know, my hair doesn't look anything like this. Well, there's still time you'll lose your hair. Well, Jesus, give me a little more anxiety. You know, first <laughs> oh, have a growth spurt. Now you're going to go bald, you know, right. Get it all out now. Cause you're fucked later in life, you know? Mm. Um, mm. so, you know, it was things like that, you know, the, yeah. the camp, you know, Oh yeah. You better be careful. Oh no, we don't, you know, uh, we're Italian and native. Nope, nope, nope. You know, nothing like that. Uh, 
I, I mean, it just, uh, so many lies that I had that I, that, you know, were, were told to me that, you know, I just told trying to get past a lot of that. The short thing really, really bothers me because you have one family that understands and cares and is like, Hey, the world sucks, but look at what mm-hmm. these people have done. Mm-hmm. You have another one that goes, Oh, don't worry. You'll grow here soon. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, that, that, is is really kind of harsh especially when it doesn't happen yeah yeah i mean if anybody who knows anything anymore these days about the lifelong lasting effects of bullying um could understand could understand uh how and why that would be an especially um hurtful area of the betrayal experience um I still, you know, tell my my birth mother Liz. I still blame her for getting with a guy who was so short. Uh, <laughs> he's short as well. I'm like, you know, you were in L.A. You couldn't find a basketball player. Right. Yeah. There wasn't anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Mm. She was like, well, he was he was a good looking guy. I don't care. <laughs> I, I I can be tall and ugly. I'm fine with that. It sounds like Liz is just me, and her family is is. Trying to make make up for everything. Um, Yeah, they they are absolutely wonderful. Um, I mean, I I have answers to my questions. Mm -hmm. I have, uh, you know, I'm invited to places. My aunt and I just, uh, my aunt Karen and I just went to see Hamilton uh, last Saturday. Awesome, uh, my first time. Mm -hmm. Oh God, it's awesome. I saw it. You know, but. I was going to go by myself and she texted me and she's like, Hey, are you still going? And I was like, yeah. She goes, is, is there a chance there's another ticket? I don't have to sit next to you. And I was like, let me see what I can do. And it just happened that there were two actually better seats than what I had um, that were right together. So we went and, and enjoyed it. They just sound like a wonderful, open, loving, excited group of people. Uh, they are, they actually, you know, get together for holidays and they talk and they, they do nice things for each other, which is completely foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's hard getting used to it and it's really hard reaching out because it's like, well, do they want me in their life? And they're like, yes, uh, are you sure? You know, cause I don't have to do this. And mm. so it's, it's, it's tough finding that acceptance yeah um you know you I'm, I'm not really sure what to make of it so <laughs> sometimes um but yeah i mean we have uh you know we we've we fostered a, a pretty good relationship mm-hmm. you know the whole mm-hmm. family uh, uh you know my grandmother talks about me apparently a lot uh, i don't get to see her a lot because she's you know very old and mm-hmm. it's a pandemic still right. after all right um so yeah, I mean it. It's uh, it's been a wild ride. I kind of feel exhausted for you. <laughs> like I'm just like, wow, this has been a this is really a lot. I I didn't realize how kind of exhausted I was until I started looking at uh, that there is some trauma that goes along with this types these absolutely. And there's a lot of unresolved issues that I have over it. 
there's a lot of issues that have come up that I'm like, okay, yeah, I probably need to deal with this. I, mm-hmm. I probably need to read some books and talk to some folks. And of course, this was part of that that journey. Um, you know, I made the joke when this first all started that I would, you know, write a book about it. And I was like, maybe Lifetime would do a movie, but even Lifetime would probably say it's not believable enough. You know? Right, so, right. Totally. Uh, I just want I just want a, um, somebody to make an indie film about that drive uh, from 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 Springfield, Missouri to Omaha, to Omaha. With, your, with your mom and her sister and you. It, it um, was, I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty ready to watch to watch it in, in like a sort of indie handheld um, uh, I, I version the, of that film. Yeah, the, the biggest drama that came up during that was that I said that I wasn't a big fan of the Beatles or Elvis. <laughs> uh, and if I hadn't been driving, I think they would have pulled over and mm-hmm. said, you know, nice to meet you and left me on the side of the road. But uh, you yeah, know, that, yeah. That was just uh, you know different generation, so I totally. had to. Okay. <laughs> I have. All right. To have Seems to like you're able to. You guys have been able to bridge that difference. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, we just don't talk about it anymore. Right. Don't bring it up. Um. And so, I love that you're here telling this story, and um, and you didn't even know this, but I've sort of set the intention to start to to start and to try to include more of the um adoption community within um my 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 project um so it's wonderful for that that you can't you came into that and i'm just curious are you still are you still like sort of nurturing support for yourself within the are you you still going to groups or do you have a therapist or what Um, are you doing what are you doing for yourself yeah what are you doing um i am i I've attended a couple of the of the online sessions from the Celia Center, which have, have you know kind of opened the door for me. Um, I am reading a couple of books, um, Primal Wound, and then mm-hmm. uh, the other one that she wrote, uh, Coming Home to Self. I haven't started yep. that one. Yeah. Uh, no. So those are you know, those, just the, the, the thought and the theory behind, uh, the primal wound mm-hmm. is something that I'd never considered. And I'm like, Oh, oh yeah, that, that could, I, you know, that's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a skeptic anyway, but I'm like, that could actually be a thing, you know, I'm, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think she's got a very valid point there and yep. Nine months in somebody's womb and you're ripped apart, uh, mm-hmm. kind of leaves some, some issues. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, and, and not the least of which I, I think, you know, it probably can contribute to some health issues besides just, I haven't gotten that far in the book. She may talk about that, but uh, just besides mental issues and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, things like that, I think probably it could be, you know, contributed to some real issues, you know, health wise as well, physically. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm getting into it. It's slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not one that I find comfort in a lot of people to talk with. So, uh, you know, it's kind of, this is a big deal for me. Uh, 
and I'm not even thinking. I, I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not even thinking about people listening later on and going, mm-hmm. oh, what a weirdo, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that They that, won't think that. <laughs> no one will think that. I don't know. I said I didn't like football or the Beatles, so that that you know that may turn. Oh, this is we're a Star Wars house here in Los Angeles, so yeah. I mean, like you are not. Good, 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 good. Mm -hmm. So, um, I dressed up like a Jedi Mm -hmm. if I'd known that. Mm. um, That would have been amazing. (laughs) And the weird that would have been that would have been the weirdest, but the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm not going to say that I don't have a costume, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I might have a costume. I didn't have any expectations when I asked what you were, what you were kind of doing for yourself. I just, um, but I, I know that, that the support network um, is sort of hard to find sometimes with this stuff, like we talked about in the beginning. Um, but it sounds like you're working at it. You're working towards it at, at your own pace and figuring out what you're comfortable with and what feels good and what you want. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also have to consider that there's probably not a lot of therapists out there that have any notion of, you know, this kind of topic, you know, it's, it's kind of rare. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do I go to somebody and go, Oh, this is my situation. And, and they're going, I haven't got a clue what to tell you or, you know, right. Um, so yeah, sure. I mean, know, yeah, I can understand. I yeah, I mean, there's there's some websites, you know, out there, um, yours included, that have some, you know, resources on them, and they kind of all skirt around Omaha. So right, you know, I yeah, know. I was just about to say, like, there's definitely MPE therapists, but I bet they're few and far between in Omaha, to be honest, uh, or in Nebraska, yeah. right? Well, I'm glad I'm glad you you have found the resources you found. Um. Do you have any advice for somebody who, for somebody that's f- fresh into the, um, like for an NPE that's just found out that they, that they're not who they thought they were? Um, Anything you wish you'd known before? Um, I mean, I was pretty fortunate that everything happened for me quickly. So fast. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I don't expect that everybody else is going to have that same, you know, experience Mm -hmm. as much as, you know, it's, it made my head spin. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say, you know, ground yourself in, in who you are, not Mm -hmm. who your family is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. um, You know, like me, I am a star Wars fan. I'm, I, I surround myself with it. I watch movies. I love movies. Um, I have my cat. That's who I am. Um, I'm not like my family. So right. if you if you find out, you know, hey, I'm not who I thought I was. You know, look at yourself. You know, uh, even if you you're wondering if you can still rely on family, and if your family's been good to you, awesome. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, don't, don't, yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, take it with, you know, that, Hey, at least I didn't get abused. And if you did get abused, then you at least know that, Hey, they're dicks and maybe there's somebody better out there for mm-hmm. me. You know? Sure. And, I think that's um, one. I think I will, that's, it's beautiful advice. Ground yourself in who you are. You are who you are, not who your family is. I think 
That's actually profound. <laughs> did it ever, did you ever think about how Luke Skywalker is an NPE and how you love those movies? <laughs> you know, I, I never, even to this very second, I never really put that together. Um, it's like yeah. maybe you knew deep down inside somewhere there was like a connection. I mean, he always knew that he was adopted, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, well, uh, raised by his aunt and uncle. Um, right. But. Yeah, that's awesome. I never even thought of that. <laughs> that, that is so cool, you know? I mean, it kind of puts me into perspective. At least I wasn't hanging off some big tower you know, when I found out who my parents were. Totally. And, At least and, your, your, uh, your you know, dad. Your, yeah. Like to totally. Like your bio dad is um, like annoying and Baptist and evangelical, but at least he's not this like evil overlord <laughs> over the whole galaxy. Um, wow. No, that's awesome. Matt, this was so awesome. I'm so glad that you, you got to talk to me. I'm so glad we got to connect so soon. And thank you for your like vulnerability and, um, and and willingness to share your journey it's, that you're even still on you were on and you are on um and i and i'm i'm so glad you had the instinct that sharing it uh would be beneficial not only to you but i think it will be good for everybody to hear i mean telling it to to for myself and getting it out there and being able to go back later and listen to this and going oh uh, i mean i'm sure i'm going to you know, critique myself harshly, but, um, yeah, it, it does help. It makes me feel better to actually tell other people. And it's like, you know, out there now, mm -hmm. you know, people will know and that that's important. Yeah. Yep. Good. And I, and I hope, God, I just hope I just want or look forward to the day that the information about about the damage that the secrets do uh, just gets out. Just I just look forward to a day when everybody knows that nobody would. And people, I look forward to the day when people are like, "Of course, I wouldn't lie, to my kid." Um, I don't know if that's happening, but if that's coming. But I wish the I, I wish the information would spread further and faster. Yeah, that that would be awesome. Thank you so thank you so much. No, it's I, I really appreciate it. That it it was this is the first podcast I've ever done. So uh it, it's kind of cool. Uh good. You know, there's a lot of them out there now, but I'm like, yeah, I did a podcast. I did a thing. Yeah, you, know? you totally did a thing. You did a thing. <laughs> you were great. I would never have known it was your first time. Um all right. Keep in touch. Goodbye, Ada and the cat. I want to thank Aiden the cat for allowing Matt to pay attention to podcasting with me for a few hours. I know that was hard, uh, but Aiden, you just have to trust that your feline sacrifice was well worth it for the human population. And of course, I want to express huge gratitude to Matt for reaching out and spending time with me to navigate this experience. His story certainly has some twists and turns that I think aren't that uncommon, especially in the late discovery adoption world. Although I don't know that for a fact. Um, what I'm thinking about is the strange sensation of learning about people who have known all along about you. Um, 
you know, you know, I don't tell my story really on this podcast very much, but let's just say that I especially relate to that bonkers, bonkers concept. You know what else is bonkers? We've come to the end of another episode, and this is the part where I tell you to follow me on social media at Everything's Relative Podcast. Please support me on Patreon for as little or as much as you'd like. I'll give you goodies and invite you to special things. Um, if you have a story, a question, a complaint, a compliment, or anything else you want to connect about, please email me, eve at everythingsrelativepodcast.com. Review my podcast on your listening platform. Give me some star reviews and hammer out a sentence or two. Um, and come back next week. I'll be here with more to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Don't forget to let the dog out before you go to bed. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Eve Sturgis and Kaylin Egan and edited by Joy Rumor. Logo designed by Ivy McNally and music is used with permission from Goodbye the Band. Eve is a licensed psychotherapist, but her podcast episodes are not therapy sessions. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot, Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're, you're here to, to believe, believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.